Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper. I'm delighted to say today I'm going to talk about my favorite lake in the state of Missouri. Now, I know I can start some arguments with that statement, but Stockton Lake, it's a U.S. Army Corps of Engineer Lake in southwest Missouri, about 25,000 acres, and it's in Cedar, Dade, and Polk counties. But even better than Stockton Lake is a gentleman that I've known for about a decade who runs uh, quite an operation on Stockton Lake called Tandem Fly Outfitters, and that's Mr. Chris Nelson. And I got to tell you, I've known a lot of guys in my lifetime, uh, great guides, good people, but this is my absolute favorite fishing guide in the country. He makes me more envious than anybody I watch on Facebook, Facebook, TikTok, all the social media platforms, because this guy, I don't think ever in his life has ever had a one or two fish day. He takes his clients out, and they just almost 99.9% of the time seem like they catch limits a big crappie, bass, white bass, and walleye. Of course, Stockton Lake is kind of a sleeper here in the Midwest for walleye but uh chris man it's good to have you on the program again you know you're such a busy guy it's hard to catch up with you yeah bill we've had a heck of a season glad glad you had me on the show today uh it has been one heck of a year up here at stockton this season uh we started off the year with uh jumbo crappie uh in february march uh and then we rolled into the walleye spawn that comes so from March to about the first of April. It was a little bit dicey on us this year. We did we did not get as many of those big uh twenty five to thirty inch big females that we usually see. Uh we actually uh had to adapt a little bit, run up the creek in the jet boats and when you do that you get a little bit smaller size fish, 15 to 17 inch fish, but still fun. And you get the white bass mixed in. And then we got through that, uh, oh, March, April time period. And then that was the post spawn walleye. And that was a highlight of our season, uh, to that point. And that post spawn walleye bite starts about the first of April and goes to about the end of May. And, Bill, what we do there is we uh, we find the river channel, um, the original river channel and creek channels, uh, and we vertical fish uh, with a jig head and a night crawler uh, anywhere from 45 to 60 foot of water straight up and down, wow. and it's just a real light pick, and that is a time of year to load the boat on walleye. Uh, I had two boats running uh in that time period uh with groups anywhere from six to eight people out a day and we were catching limits every single day 
Wow, man, there's nothing wrong with that, and I hope the listeners are taking notes here. You know, we're talking about things that happen throughout the year. But, you know, most fishermen who are really serious about it, when you make a statement about, hey, this week or this month is good fishing, they tend to remember that. So, uh, Chris, I've known you for a decade or so, and, you know, I hear these uh, sounds like same stories, you know, over and over and over, but... Stockton is just that consistent with its fisheries. Uh, boy, since I've known you, I've not known of what I would call a bad season because I follow you pretty closely. I see your stuff. On, you guys are fabulous with the social media, so you're you're just current all the time, and, and I follow you closely, and I drool, you know, over those fish that you guys <laughs> catch, man. Up there. Oh, yeah. I need this croak. Call Chris. He can get me more grass or something, you know, to take me on a fishing trip. <laughs> yeah, well, we we hear that from a lot of a lot of our customers that follow us on our Facebook page. You know, you get in the grind and get going every day, and uh, sometimes you don't get things posted, and and then you realize that uh, you know that that social media, those people, when you start hearing from your, your clients or people that follow you saying, Hey, is everything all right? I haven't seen anything posted for a while. You know, it, it kind of gives you the sense of obligation. Well, I need to get it up there because that's how they get to be in the outdoors in their everyday life uh, throughout the week when they can't be up here. And then when they show up, you know, they're always saying, you know, we've been watching pictures for the last month. What couldn't wait to get up here? So that's kind of how they live through us uh, when they can't be here fishing with us. Oh, and it it it, it yeah. is a neat part of it. It it really is, and you're exactly right because, of course, I watch a lot of websites, but and sometimes you know I watch you guys catching those fish. You're great about posting the videos so that you can see, you know, actually how things are happening. And I feel like sometimes I'm right there in the boat with you, you know. And, hey, that might be a sign of old age. You know, used to, uh, I just kind of, you know, my, get my dander up a little bit. Man, I, I got to figure something out. I got to get over there. Well, I tend, I tend to sit in the easy chair just a little bit more and I'm pretty happy watching the fish. <laughs> And there's a lot of days I'm jealous of that, Bill. I wish I could be right there next to you in an easy chair. Well, I, but, I tell you uh, what, you'd have some competition. My wife's got two little Yorkie dogs, and I spend a day with them. She's off at work. And, uh, boy, they're pretty picky about who sits in that easy chair, you know. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that. And and I, I gave you the nickname a long time ago. <laughs> The nap master, because you can take a nap anywhere. You don't even need an easy chair. That's exactly right, man. But like I, t- like I tell all you young folks, you know, you whippersnappers, you know, you, 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 know, you can laugh all you want to, but that's a clear in- indication of a clear conscience. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I'm just jealous of you. That's the only reason well, I give you a hard time. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I claim. But Diane, yeah, you know what her response is, don't you? She says, uh, "That's not a clear conscience. That's just a bad memory." <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that yeah man uh, she's the only one that's ever said that to me so it works on everybody but her you know but uh chris man you you got to a fabulous season that looked like you had uh of course you have a lot of repeat customers i kind of feel sorry for people you know new people trying to get in uh they got to be vigilant you know and plan those trips ahead of time to be able to yeah. get, on, get on your schedule and i mean uh during that busy season when you're 
you're so, so, so busy, how far ahead does a person need to call to try to book you? And I, I know that's a difficult question. It depends on uh, time of year. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of, yeah, well, uh, COVID was really the 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 hard year to navigate through that, you know, that 2020 year was hard to navigate through because you never know who was going to make it and who wasn't. But most, most of our people get their trips booked, uh, in January, February, March, uh, for the season. And, uh, we, we roller coaster through those because, uh, every, when I say roller coaster, uh, we try to get all of our regulars booked during that time period so they get their dates locked in. Right. Uh, and and then, you know, you're always going to have circumstantial things that pop up where somebody's got to cancel for what a, a health, health reasons or uh, something happened with the family or, sure. you know, thing, unforeseen things. And that's when opportunities open up and it, and they open up throughout the year. Uh, and, but my, my recommendation, you know, uh, is getting, getting a trip booked in that, uh, January, February, March time frame, And then as the season progresses, we can make, we can make adjustments to it, but I can tell you, I could, go through the entire season with you right now and tell you when and what's going to be happening on the lake, give or take a week to two weeks. Right. Uh, aside from mother nature with high water, uh, or, uh, like we, we hit about a two week low over here on our crappie and our walleye this year, because we had a massive shad hatch, mm. but we needed, we needed that forage bait in the lake because we've got right now we're sitting on one of the largest population number wise and size wise that I've ever seen on Stockton Lake. And I think you got to taste a little bit of that maybe five or six years ago when we were catching nothing but 12 to 14 inch crappie exactly. uh, that that winter. And we caught our limit. We caught three limits of walleye that day and three limits of crappie that day. And I bet we weren't on the water four hours. No, exactly not. And and, and I tell you, I was, of course, I'm not much of a walleye fisherman. You've taught me everything I know about walleye fishing. And I remember catching those crappie. And if you'll remember, I caught a huge white bass in the middle of all that, and I was kind of wanting to catch some in white. Oh bass. yeah, yeah, you know, Chris, it perked you right up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris. No, we're we're going to catch walleye, and I was already about half froze to death. I I was expecting you to roar ten miles up the lake, you know, and you moved one hundred and fifty yards to a little creek channel. First cast, I caught a walleye. Man, I was hooked, and in twenty minutes. I'll never forget it. 20 minutes, we had those three limits of walleye in the boat. I know that don't happen every day, but I I figured, well, my being an outdoor rider, you had a little talk with those walleye and had them to bite good. Hey, <laughs> you know, you know the, sometimes the, the stars just line up right. It's usually never a day that the camera's on the boat, but yeah. that particular day, the stars lined up right, and, and we're seeing that that year uh, we've got that size class of fish back uh along with the numbers of walleye our our walleye bite um 
you know, we've got that uh, April to end of May bite, the postpone, and then we'll have a lull between uh, the 1st of June to the 1st of July. And when they get on the flats and you start bottom bouncing for them out on the flats, um, that they load up and you usually get about three weeks of good fishing this year it went all summer long and we had wow we had we were having uh 50 to 100 fish days with two boats uh a lot of 14 and a half to 14 and three quarter inch fish out of those you know (laughs) just say 50 fish uh days per boat but we were also bringing in consistent 20s to 24 inch fish uh, that was in the mix of it and we we just had great numbers and great size and I would say this season was one of the best seasons that I have seen in the summer months uh, since I've been guiding on this lake and I I can I can largely attribute that to uh, MDC and uh, Missouri Department of Tourism, uh, they all played a big role in that, along with our local our local fishery biologists here. Uh, they all played a played a big role in getting those fish numbers where they needed to be to be able to sustain the fishery that we had on on the walleye because we are a put and take fishery and uh, we rely on them heavily for for our fish. Uh, now the crappie, they're just, we had back to back flood years and a lot of those fish are that three, three to four year old and they're, they just, they naturally reproduce. They're not a put and take fish and we just hit a really good size class of fish with the numbers to support it. It's not like you're catching one or two twelves a day. You're catching nothing but 11 and 12 inch fish all day with 13s, 14s and one or two 15s mixed in, which, you know, for this part of the country, those are some good crappie. Oh, absolutely. And you get a crappie up in a 14, 15 inch range. Uh, we both know you really get some shoulders on those fish and that's the kind of fillets you like to have. Well, Chris, I got to say for you to uh, brag on Stockton the way you have in the last few minutes, and you've been there for quite some time. That's a f- Big feather in the cap of everybody concerned, you know, MDC, the tourism people, the fisheries biologists, and yourself as a guide, you know. You guys all work hard and are extremely dedicated to the process of of, uh, having quality resources for, hey, the citizens of Missouri. And, of course, we let the out-of-staters come, too, you know. But what a a report, man. What a a good thing to hear, you know. As I say, you have really made me fond of Stockton over the the years. And uh, I got to tell you, every time I talk to you, this pops up in my head. doesn't have a thing to do with fishing. But I've got some photographs I took over at Stockton uh, State Park several years ago. And I've used them so many times. A picture of the sailboat sitting at the docks with a fog around them, you know. I'm not a sailor at all. But for some reason or other, that kind of struck a note with me. And every time I mention Stockton, I tell people, you know, if if you've got a to-do list, uh, add sailing to it. Try to go with somebody. Yeah, what an yeah, experience. Well, and, and just the overall beauty of the lake, uh, Bill, it's it's phenomenal to, you know, I bounce around. Being a guy to have several other 
buddies that are guides and I get to see lots of different bodies of water and, and I get to travel a little bit and do a little fishing and I get back on Stockton Lake and I'm just, I'm just in awe at the beauty of the lake. Uh, just because there's no houses on it. It's, it's, as far as a reservoir goes in the state of Missouri or in mid in the Midwest in general, I don't know of a prettier body of water around here. Uh, as far as the natural beauty goes, you don't see any docks, you don't see any houses, and if you start hitting the water this time of year, uh, from now all the our fall crappie bites getting ready to turn on fire, and then as you know the winter the winter crappie fishing is probably the most not only unknown but the most underrated fishing there is because you it's not uncommon to go out and get three or four limits of crappie in two or three hours that's that's pretty standard and that's what we're coming into right now but where i was going with that is uh the that fall crappie uh is the most you get into october mid to late october when then leaves are really changing and you're out there on the lake you almost forget to fish sometimes you just gotta (laughs) you just gotta remember oh i'm out here to fish and not look around but when you can be in a and not have to travel you know uh 15 20 hours to get to a place that feels like you're that you know that in touch with nature and out in the middle of nowhere, uh, it's 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 one of those things that kind of moves you inside a little bit. It it really does. In a comparison, I'd like to make uh, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been my whole life was Alberta, Canada. And uh, Chris, I, I'll never forget saying this. I was so stunned by the beauty up there. Now we're talking Rocky Mountains and that that sort of thing, and you know, big elk herds and big rainbow trout and all that sort of thing. But I had made the statement about Alberta that it was so crisp and clean, it looked like God made it yesterday. I feel the same way about Stockton Lake. Uh, you don't see trash there. You don't see the unsightly things. It's, of course, it's a man-made lake by the Corps engineers, but what a job they did. Great facilities there, great people, great fishing, and, and you know what, maybe in the next segment or two we might talk about, even talk about some of the other things you can do over there, like hunt big bucks or wild turkeys or ducks or whatever. Well, Chris, man, I need to take this a short break here but uh folks don't go away we'll be right back you've heard chris here for about 15 18 minutes and man he is full of good information i'll be right back i'm bill cooper Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on the beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. 
There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip. Whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else, chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But Who's All Valley, there's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573 263 8016. Again, that's 573 263 8016. Be Welcome sure back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and I hope you enjoyed that first segment. It was a ton of fun talking to Chris Nelson over at uh, Stockton Lake, and he's, of course, owns and operates Tandem Fly Outfitters. And Chris, I tell you, you are just a bucket full of knowledge, man. If I want to know anything about fishing on Stockton, I don't know how many stories I've written uh, about you in the last decade, as well as several other outdoor riders. I think you've hit about every outdoor venue out there. But Chris, I got a serious question I need to ask ask you, and uh, I, I, just, All right. I just figured if anybody knew... You probably would. Are armadillos good catfish bait? <laughs> well, I, I, I cannot honestly answer that, Bill. I can tell you there's a, there's a whole bunch of armadillos around here, but I don't catfish. So I think I think Jeff Falkenberry might be the one you want to ask about that. Uh, he. He's a catfish man. Yeah. I'm not a catfish man. We need to get him on the line and ask him that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't believe I found the fishing question I stumped you with. However, now you set yourself up for this because I've been, uh, we took a little break here and I scanned through your Facebook page and lo and behold, there's a picture of a catfish with a baby armadillo in its mouth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is, that is a picture that, uh, was, supposedly on Stockton. I don't know if it, how true it is or not, but, uh, it's a picture of a baby armadillo, uh, with a channel cap puking it out. If that's right. If yeah. that's the same one. Yeah. I've never it seen out. anything yeah. like that. I laughed and laughed. I said, boy, I have got to ask this question, you know, but yeah, you're right. If I were, would have remembered that picture, I would have told you yes, but, uh, <laughs> I was, I was imagining it imagine cutting it up like a piece of shad and uh yeah. my brain went a little different direction than than the baby you should have said baby armadillo oh yeah baby, I, might... I should have that, <laughs> yeah didn't qualify that question quite good enough but hey something unusual you know that you just don't think about and of course and that's one of the great things about being in the outdoors man you never know what you can see i can remember filming off right off of your boat we were fishing one fall and uh, 
it kept asking me, do you hear that? Do you hear that? You know, and I'm two-thirds deaf anyway, but it turned out it was a bobcat stalking a deer right up on the bank pretty close to us. <laughs> yeah, I can I kept looking over there, and you guys thought I was crazy. And about that time, that doe jumped up, and yeah. uh, about about thirty seconds later, here come that bobcat right where she was at. Oh yeah, he was stalking her. That is, but you know, Stockton Lake. There's so many things you could see out there. Uh, I think we saw a, uh, an eagle attack a turkey gobbler one time too. <laughs> yeah, if you can see something in Mother Nature, you're probably going to see it. Uh, absolutely you know but hey all the grand things we do out there on the lake you know the fishing all the wildlife we see the stories we tell the last we have but you know at the end of the day we kind of wrap things up and we go back to the lodge there's stone creek lodge are you st- is that still the name of the place yeah well you know bill we just kind of we just kind of let Stone Creek Lodge be Stone Creek Lodge and Tandem Fly Outfitters be Tandem Fly Outfitters, and it's all the same thing. Yeah. You're, you're, call, you're calling the same place, but, uh, you know, we get a little bit broader reach having uh, leaving Stone Creek Lodge as the lodge side of it for our guests coming up to stay. But we've over time what we've done is we've really merged that into just the people that are fishing with us. That way uh-huh. we can – we can make their experience special when they come up here and there's not a bunch of nightly rental people or uh, recreational boaters or things like that. And when you come up and do a fishing trip with us, it's, it's just us catering to you with no other distractions. And that's what we've turned Stone Creek Lodge into is just, just the lodging for tandem fly outfitters uh, instead of the nightly rental business that it used to be. I I see, but I tell you what, I tell everybody I talk to, man, it's better better than a Hilton because you know what, the Hilton just does not have the atmosphere that Stone Creek Lodge has. Because you're right in the midst, you mentioned fishermen, man, you're right there with them, and you get to listen to everybody's tall tales and and a few honest stories too as well. But what I was kind of getting around to with all this, Chris. There's a beautiful young lady there that kind of helps in your operation. I'd say she's probably your right-hand man. And if the truth be told, she's probably what makes it all work. Miss Mandy. Oh, shit. I, I can tell you, Mandy, uh, she gets the least amount of credit. But in all honesty, as much as I hate to admit this, she probably works twice as hard as what I do. <laughs> I, I'll back that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably between. I mean, I mean, tell you every guest that we come stay there, and you say it's as good as the Hilton. Every guest that we have come stay there, they compliment how clean the rooms are, and we have hired house housekeepers to come in and clean, and then Mandy would go right back in and clean behind them, and finally we just figured out, well, that's that's not going to work because we're paying somebody to do something you're doing anyway. And she just takes so much pride in, in making sure that those r- rooms are spotless. And uh, she she really enjoys making sure our fishermen and our guests are taken care of. And we get to come back into a hot meal after we've been out on the water all day long. And we get to wake up to a hot breakfast in the morning. And we know... We know at lunchtime she's got sandwiches in the cooler if if I don't forget them. So uh, she 
she does she does all the early morning and late night stuff and i get to you know cleaning fish don't really bother me i just get to tell stories and and take people fishing and have fun and she does all the dirty work so <laughs> i can't i can't brag on her enough she uh she is the if it was not for her we could not have the operation that we have well, that I agree, I agree with you 100%, fact. but I, I can tell you, you know, uh, I mentioned in the first segment that you taught me everything uh, I know about walleye uh, fishing. I didn't know much to begin with, you know, and, uh, of course, getting older than I probably still don't know too much because what you tell me today, I forget by tomorrow pretty much. Uh, that's why I like <laughs> that, that show and tell stuff. I like being on the boat with you, you know, but I will yeah. never, I will never, ever in my entire life forget this. Uh the evening we caught, uh, or the day we caught all those walleye, was my first real walleye fishing trip, and we came in that evening, and I, you know, I'd eaten a walleye or two, and people always talk about how great walleye are, but I'm telling you, Miss Mandy turned a good thing into an absolute fabulous thing, a walleye meal, man, and uh, I don't know what kind of magic she worked there, but uh, as I remember, they were wrapped in bacon. She had a special sauce made, and that was culinary heaven, let me tell you. I've never had a better meal in my whole entire life life and that's the absolute truth man and i like to eat you know uh i write yeah. about cooking uh, known as a gravel bar gourmet you know but you know what uh, i always told people my secret uh, ingredient uh, uh, when i'm cooking on gravel bars is a pinch of sand <laughs> but there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah gotta have a little grit in there yeah. it's not a true gravel bar meal unless you got a little grit in there that's exactly right but i can tell you what there was no no grit than Mandy's cooking, man. It was, I mean, it was perfect to a T. And I, I got to tell you, Mr. Chris, uh, you married up, man. You really did. Uh, well, I, I hate to admit that, too, but I know it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and I to, know I did. Two beautiful children that raising them right there on the lake. I can't believe how they're growing and, and uh, just a wonderful family. But, Chris, I got to tell you, you know, I've been in this business for 52 years and one most beautiful, intriguing things that I see in the outdoor industry is young couples like you guys, you know, raising families and working like maniacs and putting things all together. And nobody that's a decent human being can come into your business and not respect you guys for what you do. You, you know, you've got a tremendous passion. You've got a worth it ethic out of this world and you're doing it all man i mean you're doing what you love you're providing a great service and raising a family at the same time that is the american dream my friend yeah well i sure appreciate you saying that bill and and you know very very seldom does that go overlooked uh because a lot a lot of our clients are in that 60 to 80 uh year um old range and uh you know most of them uh, a lot of them have worked for themselves or have have had to climb the corporate ladder to get where they're at and they recognize hard work and they recognize Absolutely. when young people are doing hard work because you see it you see it less and less every single day and uh yeah we uh we get complimented on that a lot but we're just living our life doing what we love to do and 
Um, yeah, does sometimes it seem like a grind and you feel like you're in groundhog days? It, <laughs> it does for a day or two. And then, and then you think about, Oh, what else could I, what else would I be doing for a living? And you're like, well, this sounds pretty good here. <laughs> I can, I can put 18 hours in for two or three days and oh boy. still be happier. And I, I am. Uh, working a nine to five, you know. Yeah, you betcha. So. Well, well, I've been been out on uh, Stockton Lake there with you quite a few times, and uh, and stayed for days. Sometimes even helped out a little bit around there, not too much. But I've got to see the ins and outs in the everyday process. And I'll tell you what, you guys are just never in a foul mood, man. It's you know, roll up your sleeves, get after it, and always a smile on your face. And and when you're out on that lake with folks, they just couldn't ask for better service. Well, Chris, I'm gonna quit bragging on you here and, and get back to talking about some of the hardcore stuff. Uh, good fishing is yeah, the meat, coming up. Yeah, the meat and potatoes, the fall crappie fishing. The fall and winter crappie fishing and the the winter crappie and walleye is what we need to talk about, Bill. You bet. And, well, uh, tell us all about the, it, man. My ears are wide the, open. <laughs> yeah. Well, here come about the 1st of March, and it's it's already starting to make that pivotal point where that water temperature is dropping and, and those crappie are starting to move into the mouth of the creeks and, and the bait's starting to shift around. Those crappie are starting to fire, and it won't be it won't be long where we'll be able to go out there and have hundred hundred and fifty fish days on on wow. crappie, and then uh, as as this fall progresses, when we get uh, about it seems to be around the first of December, and I don't know if that's just because that's when I get wrapped up with my deer season uh and get all my everything consolidated uh from running hunters through but uh about the first of december is when we really start to see those balls of baits group up in the river channels and whenever those balls of bait group up in the river channel uh the crappie are shortly gonna follow they'll be right behind uh the shad balls and when that water temperature gets about 46 degrees i mean it happens as early as 50 but about 46 and it seems that seems really cold for fish but that is when their metabolism is the highest and they've got the feed bags on because what they're doing in the winter time is their their whole purpose is to be out there feeding on bait to nourish those eggs that are gonna they're gonna lay in the spawn, uh-huh. so they're them crappie are on full feed all winter long, and and a lot a lot of the guys uh, in your area you listen to uh, Brandon Butler and uh, Nathan Nathan Shags on that's got the radio show there. They've been up here in the winter and they they've seen us be done in an hour and be back to the boat ramp, but what. <laughs> What the neatest thing is about when the shad get grouped up and the crappie get grouped up, we've got so many walleye in the lake. Those walleye just somehow filter in right below those crappie and start feeding on the scraps from the crappie that are getting knocked down. And wow. you've seen it. You've seen it firsthand. You yes. can be on a school of crappie one second and be on a school walleye literally within 30 seconds 
Absolutely. You just, you just got to go a little bit. Instead of fishing that midwater column, we have to switch up and start fishing the bottom. And if you remember, we just went to the backside of that school copy in the mouth of that creek arm right. the last time you and I did it. And the only thing that we changed up is we put a night crawler on and we we put a jig head on, a heavier jig head, uh, three-eighths quarter-ounce jig head, uh, and drug it right along the bottom under the edge of those crappie. And, well, I, I don't even think we had a line wet for more than 30 <laughs> seconds before we had the first ball eye on. That's exactly that, right, man. And hey, and, I got to interject something else here. I got to say, you know, if if that Brandon Butler and Nathan Shag McLeod can catch crappie and walleye, anybody could do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, uh, Nathan might have something on them brown trout now, but uh, yeah. yeah. If they, if they can catch them, anybody can do it. Yeah, that's exactly but, right. Got to guys my media buddies just a little bit, you know. Well, Chris, hold your thoughts yeah. there, man. We need to take just a short break here. I need another cup of coffee. But, folks, don't oh. don't, don't go away because this guy, you can tell, is full of great information. And, man, if you've got any doubts, you're thinking about going to Stockton Lake to go uh, crappie walleye fishing, man, and edit the season's right. There's white bass and, and uh, uh, largemouth bass as well. Uh, Chris Nelson is the guy that you want to hook up with uh, at Tandem Fly Outfitters. I'll be right back. Bass fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's a bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri, dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. And you could find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number. 1-800-BUY-DIRT. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Bill Cooper here with Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. We're in the middle of September here. September the 14th, our... Missouri archery season starts tomorrow, September 15th. I will be at a Baptist nursing home down at Art and 
tomorrow helping out with a bow hunt for some of the residents. What fun that's going to be. Uh, some of them uh, been hunters in the past and trying to pick it up again. They'll be hunting with crossbows. We've got blinds set up. Uh, I'm going to be fortunate enough to do a little bit of recording, maybe even do a podcast, do a little video shoot. Uh, lots of photographs, too. It's going to be a fun time. The National Deer Association is uh, involved in this program. They're providing a lot of the expertise. There's going to be, this is about a two-and-a-half, three-day event. There's going to be some classes taught. Uh, of course, all the safety stuff uh, will be taught as well as, uh, hey, from kind of field to the freezer, you know, uh, how to take care of their venison and packages up and all sorts of good things. Looking forward to that that program. But, hey, I wish all you archery hunters a good season. You, you know, be safe. Boy, be conscious if you're using those stands. That be sure and use your safety harness. You know, unfortunately, we have people injured and even a few killed every year from falls. And the statistics tell us if you bow hunt long enough, about one in three bow hunters will have some sort of fall within their bow hunting career. Don't be a statistic. Be safe and uh, use those safety harnesses, man. Uh, Want to make sure you get back to your family. But some other situations going on, too. Of course, dove season's open, teal season's open. I've had a little luck at that already. Love the teal hunting, and, boy, it won't be long to the regular uh, waterfowl seasons will be in. And uh, in general, the waterfowl populations are down about 20 25% this year, so we may not see as many green heads and pintails and some of the more glamorous ducks coming down the flyways this year. But uh, teal are up about 25%. So get out to your favorite marsh, try to get a little teal hunting in. One of my favorite eating ducks as well. But just a quick uh, uh, duck recipe, smothered wild duck breast. This is a recipe that came from Greg Hood, the owner of Southern Game Calls from way down in Mississippi. But Greg says to take eight wild duck breast halves skinned, a half a cup of flour, salt and pepper to taste, and one eight-ounce can of mushroom pieces. He said, coke the duck breast halves with flour, brown them on both sides in the oil in a skillet, and then drain it. Sprinkle the meat with salt and pepper, add undrained mushrooms, simmer, cover for one hour and 20 minutes, and serve it with wild rice. Very simple but good duck recipe. Try to use utilize that this year if you get out in the duck marshes and collect some ducks but hey great many things going on in the ozarks and the outdoors here uh fall weather is on top of us uh get out and enjoy the beautiful colors take a trip down along the ozark national scenic riverways just some of the most beautiful uh country you'll see in the ozarks make a circle go through eminence go through uh peck wildlife area you know here in september you can hear the elk bugle and boy you're talking about something i'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck hear a big bull elk bugling sometimes you can hear that sound echoing through the hills i know i was camped on the current river late one evening um, out of eminence and a buddy of mine and i was a cool uh early october evening but right at dusk we heard an elk bugle echoing down the valley right into current river what a, I'll never forget that as long as I live. But get out, take a fall camp and float trip, enjoy the, the outdoors, and uh, hope to see you out there. I'm Bill Cooper.
Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I've been having a fun time on the show today. If you uh, haven't picked up on that, you need to clean your ears out because there's lots of great information <laughs> that, that's been coming across the waves here today. And I'm talking to Chris Nelson with Tandem Fly Outfitters over at Stockton Lake. And uh, Chris, man, we bragged on Stockton Lake. We bragged, uh, bragged on you a little bit and bragged on your wife a whole lot because, man, it's just a beautiful, beautiful environment over there and just the aura that surrounds your whole operation you know you're well known as a uh crappie and walleye fishing guide and and probably uh without a doubt the premier guide there on uh, stockton lake you know it's hard hard to get a fishing trip with you sometime because you've got these people been coming ever since you've been in business you know and repeat business is of course what makes your business but it also tells the public Hey, this guy's doing something right. But uh, in the last segment there, we kind of wound up talking about uh, what's starting to happen and what's going on with the winter fishery and everything. So let's pick right up where we left off, Chris. Yeah, well, we're we're rolling into – I'd like to add to what you just said there a second ago, and, and, and I've got to point this out, uh, and it, it wouldn't be right if I didn't, but I would not be successful in this business if – First off, I did I didn't follow God's path to go go this direction, and exactly. and, and and God did not put the people in my life that that allowed allowed this to happen. No nobody would know who Chris Nelson was if it weren't <laughs> for guys like you, Bill, and everybody that has ever all MOC, MDC, everybody. I I can't even list all the people that has helped me along the way. And I just feel extremely blessed and humbled that I get to do this for a living. And it's, it's, it's not been, it's not, it's went naturally. Hasn't, haven't had to, not that we ain't had tough years, but not had to struggle through it. Like I've seen other people do. It's a tough industry to break through. And I got to thank all you guys for everything that you've done. Uh, and we, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Well, so, we, we appreciate that. Outdoor media folks, we appreciate that too. But, Chris, I'm old enough. I've seen it happen over and over again. Good people attract good people, and they come together and do good things. Uh, you know, when you take a handful of good people that get together, and, and we're all, you know, dedicated to the outdoor industry, and we believe in what we're doing. And I've I've told you this time and again, a lot of other young guys, what you're doing, I know you love what you're doing, but what you're doing is extremely important because you are teaching people a skill that they can use all of their lives. You know, you mentioned a lot of your crowds from 60 to 80, and I've seen some of them on your Facebook page it look well over 80 and uh, oh yeah i see the youngsters too and the young families and but you're teaching skills that they can use and plus just the enjoyment factor of being out there you know uh in fact i just had an article come out in the conservation federation magazine of uh, missouri about uh uh you know, flash fishing being a spiritual experience. And I think, you know, being out on that lake and all the beautiful things that we've talked about that God's created is, is a spiritual experience as well. But hey, man, you hit the nail on the head. And that's, that's just a thing that reverberates with, with me. Uh, you know, I believe in God. I believe in nature. I believe in the creation. And when I can get with people that are like minded, man, it's just all the more good. Yep. Uh, yep. A hundred percent, Bill. hundred percent. But uh, anyway, to get back to your question or what we were talking about, 
before we before we get too mushy and start crying on the phone here, yeah. <laughs> and we don't we, we don't want to do that. Uh, well, we've no, done that in private before, so yeah, we we have got the best the best of the season ahead is what I like to say. This most people think that uh, winter time is the worst time to go fishing or fish the the misconception of oh the water's too cold to go fishing uh or fish don't bite when the water's cold that's a bunch of hogwash the the wintertime fishing if you ha- if you dress appropriately and and uh you you are mentally prepared for to be a little bit cold on the boat ride to wherever we're going the minute you set that hook, you're going to forget all about being cold. And then when you start seeing fish come over the side of the boat and that live well is full of fish, you really forget about it. You, you think it's 85 degrees out there. That is exactly right. But there's so many things you can get excited about on that boat. And you'll probably remember this first trip we ever made. It was a cold, windy February day. There was hardly anybody out on that lake. But you pulled up on uh, one of your uh, good spots, and you've got hundreds of them. But uh, just to see, be able to look at that uh, fish graph, you know, and see what's underneath you, that was all a whole new world to me. And and that's just another part of it, man. But uh, you give people the whole realm, you know, they, they can see the fish on that, on that finder. You know, you can drop a bait down, you pull a fish out, and then you just keep pulling them out. And you learn, you know, you learn tactics, techniques, and just all sorts of things being out on that boat with you. Hey, Cold weather, uh, I loved it. I absolutely yeah, loved it. Co- co- cold weather fishing, with a, without a doubt, is, is probably the uh, most most unknown thing here in, in Missouri. You know, up, up north, ice fishing and stuff, you, that's a tradition. And, and people are used to doing that. But, uh, but the, uh, you know, that never did pick up pick up here uh until the last few years uh really really i would i would kind of attribute it to uh oh the the early years uh when we shot that video over here on the lake and then and then the the years after that of uh you know me having videos of busting ice that you know for a mile a mile to get to to get to fish uh, you know, I didn't see any boat traffic out there at that time. But then when we started putting pictures out all the time of big stringers of crappie, big stringers of walleye, uh, that was when I started. Uh, it took about three years for people to get brave enough to do it. But uh, after about three years, it was no longer no boats at all on the lake. There was there was boats out there doing the same thing we were doing because they know they could get out there and get their limit of fish in a couple hours and get back in. And uh, I mean, a lot of days in the winter when it's cold like that, I've been I put the boat back on the trailer and the truck still be warm when you turn that when you turn the heat on and then, and then we go back to the heated shop and clean the fish and set, 
sit in the uh, lodge and tell stories and drink coffee and eat whatever whatever Mandy's cooked up for us. You, you so bet. That's, uh, that's not a bad way to go, man. Well, Chris, I certainly no. Need to... It's it's not, and I think it's just something a lot of people don't know about. Oh, I think so too. But I've even carried what I've learned for you about cold weather fishing into my trout fishing realm. You know, I've got the Merrimack River practically out my back door, and I fish it a ton more in the wintertime now than I do through the summer. Besides that, you get the float traffic and all that sort of heavy business, you know, during the summertime. And I avoid that in the wintertime and catch a ton more fish. Well, Chris, we'll get down the last few minutes here, man. I always hate to cut you off because I think you could talk forever, you know, about uh, your passions man but a couple of things i want to touch on i know that you do a little bit of guiding for uh uh white deer and uh i want to touch on duck hunting over there just a little bit but uh tell me briefly in a minute or two here about uh, deer hunting on stockton lake oh that that we've got uh we've got the whole the whole core or the whole lake is core owned and everything that is core owned is public hunting and so there's unlimited you can you can now you got to look at your maps and and right. see you know where where it's muzzle loader only because uh the little sock arm there's a lot of archery and muzzle loader only areas the big sock arm there's there's uh areas where you can't you can't shoot a doe or you can only shoot one buck or one doe and then there's areas where you can shoot a buck and a doe so you just got got to be careful about your regulations, but we have got some phenomenal deer up here for for uh, public land deer. Uh, it's you know our our standard deer is probably 125 inches, and I hate to get ever get caught up in inches or anything right. like that. But uh, but just to just to kind of highlight the the nourishment they have you know 125 inch to 145 inch deer is pretty common to shoot here and and there you know there's a lot of 150 to 160 inch deer that they're just a little bit smarter you gotta (laughs) you gotta gotta kind of get them slipping up when another hunter bumped them uh or or the stars just have to light up uh, line up for you on that particular day but we do have some phenomenal hunting uh and we got trails around the lake and and it's fairly easy to access but not too easy where everybody and their brother can get to where the deer are you you betcha well i know you know here in the midwest the duck hunting situation has kind of changed up in the last few years and still got some of us scratching our heads you know but i i do know that there there is some decent uh, duck hunting there stockton at at times and uh uh, what do you think is going to happen this year? You know, the uh, duck population is down about 25%, but, uh, you know, this program's running uh, September the 14th here, and uh, teal season is in, and I, I've had a little luck with that and seen some uh, birds. But what do you think is going to happen over at Stockton Waterfowl-wise this year? Well, well, I think it's probably going to be like what all of us duck hunters know for the past couple of years. I, I think we're either going to have ducks or we're not. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's I, about I, the size that, of it, yeah. That, that, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's about the truth of it. But, you know, with the waterfowl management areas north of the lake here, uh, that's really changed the flyway over the last last five, 
six years. I, I've, I've watched it from where I used to hunt over here on Turkey Creek, where we used to be able to, when I was a kid, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, be able to go shoot limits, uh, green heads and, oh. uh, you know, have teal and, and pintails mixed in. We don't have those. We don't have that anymore. What, what I, what we do have on Stockton Lake, we're just south of Four Rivers and Shell Osage, uh, which which is fed by Bob Brown and uh, mm-hmm. all the all the preserves on up north when those when those birds get pushed down, and, and really the the duck hunting has changed. To, uh, you got to have a big body of water with a big spread of decoys, and you have to have those buck, duck parks frozen solid. And that's the only way you're going to get those birds to move off that food source. Right. And if 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 it's not locked up, then we ain't got birds to shoot on Stockton Lake. Understood, right. man. But, just, but you know what? A waterfowl hunter has got to be the ultimate optimist, you know. <laughs> think- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's 100% true. And and I, I'm not going to say that you can't, you can't find good duck hunting uh, around the lake. It, it is, it is more isolated you got you got to do more windshield time more glassing right. more scouting uh finding finding the small areas that they're feeding and hoping that it is on public it is a creek it is a, it is one of the tributaries that are feeding in here uh because that they'll they'll use those feeder creeks and they'll follow those feeder creeks to the first farm pond they can get to and that's what they use to feed and then mornings and evenings you know they're just rafted rafted up uh out on the lake and then they'll go wolf all day in those creeks and those farm ponds and and those are the birds that we really have to hunt around here now uh not not to say that you can't find them and right this this year this year you know i'd like to i'd like to say it's going to be a better year but that is all dictated by how cold it gets and how early it free or yeah how, how early it freezes up up north. If we freeze, if we freeze up, if the duck parks freeze up early and these birds will continue to migrate through here, it it'll be a good season. It, if it doesn't stay cold long enough to lock lock the duck parks up, you know it's just it's just an isolated good hunt here and there. Um, and you got to put a lot of time and effort into into those hunts. Absolutely, um, but I tell you what, uh, most but, waterfowl hunters are like myself. Uh, they're going to be out there looking for them, man. <laughs> yep, yeah. And I was going to say the only exception is if you have somebody, if you if you have a guide, uh, and you can get in contact with somebody that is on the birds that has access to private uh, or has leased ground. Uh, you know, you can you can still get in on some birds, and we can help you out with that too. Uh, even if it's not us helping you out, we can get you with somebody that's reputable that that can take you and do that. That that is awesome. Well, Chris, man, you're a barrel full of information. I always had to shut a program down with you, but you know, uh, I've got uh, sponsors that like to get their time in and all that sort of thing. So we're going to wrap it up here. But Chris, man, thanks so much for all the great up to date information about Stockton Lake. And let's wrap it up here with uh, you giving uh, the uh, public your uh, contact information, how they can get a hold of you, schedule that crappie or walleye fishing trip, man, and 
Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is on my cell phone. It's it's a it's a lodge phone number as well. So you'll get me. Uh, sometimes my voicemail box is completely full, and people get a little bit antsy when it takes me two, three, four days to get back to them. But I I do return my calls. Uh, but just give me a call at four one seven eight three nine two seven six two, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. You can send us an email to tandemflyoutfitters at gmail dot com, and we'll get back to you uh, there as well. Um, M- Mandy has a million things on her plate, and one of her job tasks is uh, doing the emails, and if if she's got guys rolling through here and she's doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner and cleaning rooms and doing all uh, that, sometimes those emails get get a week or two behind. So if you do reach out to us, email, be patient with us, or, or just try to get me on my phone, and uh, I, we'll get you taken care of. You betcha, and I, I can verify for you, man. It's worth the wait. <laughs> hey Chris, yeah, thank yeah, you so much, man, and and folks uh, from Chris Nelson and myself, we're both living our outdoor dreams. We'd like to encourage you to get outdoors and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper, and this has been Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. 
At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.